0: Welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Here's your host, Tyler Wagner. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Today, we have Tracy L., and she is a high-impact energy coach and the author of God, Where Are You? It's me shifting and empowering you to break through life's barriers. So welcome to the show.
1: Welcome. So happy to be here.
0: Yes. Pumped to have you on. Um, so what? where I want to start is I was actually on your website and I was reading the my story tab. So there's a lot there. So I, I guess let's start, let's start from the beginning. So you said the first sentence literally is you came into this world sick. Um, and then it goes on a little bit from there, but Tell us a little bit more about that. Like when you first were born, there was there was some health issues.
1: There was a lot, actually I was equated to a bad horror film. I was a kid with the, you know, the nails probably down the side of the wall in a horror movie going, no, I'm not coming out, I'm not coming out. I, uh, I was born <laughs> with what they call pectus of actum. So um, I have a very deep crevice in my chest. Uh, My hips and legs weren't attached. I had um, my stomach valve was still shut, but they didn't know that for a long time. So I almost did die. Um, They strapped me to the bed and fed me through my head. And I was also born with a very, very, very damaged nerve system. So as I you know, they took me to a lot of neurologists, but as I got older and walked, my, I, I walked around like this, like I was a Pez doll. Like my arm shook, my eyes shook, mm. my head shook. And then um, claim to fame, I was uh, at five, one of the youngest kids diagnosed with ulcers, diverticulitis, and irritable bowel. <laughs> so you can imagine oh, as wow. a five-year-old. So I couldn't eat. I was very emaciated. And yeah, it was actually really, I guess, fluke, no accidents. This doctor did show up where we were and said, you know, I hear your daughter is... Is really sick and they kept giving my mom like medicine but i would throw it up and i was you know i was like pretty much gone emaciated so that's why they did strap me to the bed and they had to cast my hips and legs but from there it was interesting because as he was like oh we can unlock this valve like if he hadn't shown up my mom said you'd be dead like that would be it and so um uh-huh. with all of that that happening but then i just kept getting sicker like you name it i kept getting it from. I lived on a mass to breathe, I had bronchitis, I had um, whooping, like I was always in bed, always sick, always with something. And that's how I started my world. And that's how I lived wow, for like wow. 32 years. For the first 32 years, I thought that was normal. I thought being sick, because that's all I knew was normal. And I did everything I was told to do. So it just kept on coming,
0: <laughs> yeah. Got it, yeah, I, um, I can't relate fully, but there was one thing that happened to me recently, like two years ago, I, um, my stomach, I was having these severe, severe pains. And, um, I went to the hospital literally five times for it because I was having panic attacks and like, it was affecting other areas of my life. And they kept saying, no, dude, you're like a 20 in in your twenties, healthy guy. You're fine. You're fine. I'm like, I don't feel fine. Like something's wrong. And then, um, I actually hired a doctor like outside of insurance and then he did an allergy test and he was like, Oh, like you have like a pretty severe gluten allergy and that is causing all these issues. And then literally I just removed that, got a probiotic, different person, like completely changed. So sometimes it's like, it's so interesting because you think when you'd go to a hospital, like they they say they're checking for everything but the, in reality they're actually not they're checking for everything i think from a level of to keep you alive yeah. but that's not like living necessarily right so well that's
1: right that's exactly what i uncovered too when finally they were like because you know in the bio there i had the kidnapping i had the three near-death experiences and finally they were sort of like they came to a point from me saying there's nothing we can do for you. So you manage it. So when they tell you that and your whole body is like getting emaciated again, you start to look outside the box. You start to say, okay, I gotta I gotta take charge of me rather than giving that power away. Because it wasn't working. Definitely. For me. Yeah. So so
0: let so let's talk about those because that's kind of where I was gonna go to next. So <laughs> um so so wait let's do kidnapping first. That's bad, but near death three times might be worse. Maybe, I guess. I don't know. To. Um, so what happened with the kidnapping? What's up with that?
1: Yeah, actually really interesting. We talk about kids and our intuition. I used to see this person around our neighborhood and I would say to my mom, there's Something wrong with that guy. People kind of knew who he was. Like in the neighborhood, I said something's wrong. I get stomach aches. I'm get scared. And they'd be saying, like, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. Like, you're just, you know, oversensitive. And I'm like, there's something wrong. So my sister and this girl that we, her parents would babysit us, but I'm like, no accidents. She was the afterthought. So she had, she was like seven and her brothers were like 21 bikers. Like they taught her every self-defense thing that you could think about, right? So we went into this park and we were playing and then all of a sudden this guy shows up and he has his gun and he's like into the basement of this house. So they were building houses. So he took us down there and it was like, you know where the dugout where you just had the, like the foundation, so there's the wall. Yeah. And he literally was trying to rape the one, the older girl, and he was trying to get her undressed and stuff. And she just looked at my sister and she said, we were down there for quite a while. And she said, she's like, because of her brothers, like, thank God for this girl. She says, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something and I'm gonna run, like, I'm gonna go get help. Seven years old, like imagine, right? And so she did her thing to him, got away, ran for help. And my sister crawled out the the dugout. But I was so sick and frail, she couldn't get me out. She could not get me out. So she ran and said, I'm going to go get help. And this is in the 70s. Like, <laughs> this is like, you know, in the 70s. And he came back and that he was madder than a hornet. He had a dog with him. He's madder than a hornet. And he was yelling and screaming like I'm five years old. I live on a mass I'm like, you know, already having all these stomach issues, health issues. And he he was so angry. So I kind of fast forward through the timing because obviously we could go through it for hours. He pulled me out by my hair and he threw me in the ground. He was yelling at his dog. And then he put the gun in the back of my head. And all I heard was sirens. I blacked out. I can't even tell you. And I don't remember going home. Like that was it. And I know later, my mom still, she still can't talk to about it to this day because obviously Mm -hmm. I kept saying something was wrong, something was wrong. And had that girl not had that street smarts from her brother, like even the cop, she did tell me the cop said if that was my kids, I would have just off the dude. Now in the seventies, I guess you could say that, right? Like, I guess you can't say it now, but you could say it then. And had she not had
0: that, it would have been way worse for sure. And was this in Toronto? No, area. it was in
1: Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. It was in a prairie province that probably had 150,000 oh. people. Yeah, it it was a little province. Yeah.
0: Wow. So you hear, and I guess it's not a lot, but being from the U S you kind of always hear that like Canada has no problem with guns or anything, but the U S has a bit. So is that the case or not? It's, or this is just one dude just happened to have,
1: it it was him. Well, no, no, we have more guns than per capita. Like people don't realize that. Like there's a lot of guns up here, a lot. I think more than what you guys would ever realize, but they don't usually use them in the bigger center sure you've got the gangs and stuff but most of them it's for farming communities it's for hunting it's stuff like that but oh no there's a lot of guns up here
0: like a lot a lot so interesting because that that's always what you you hear um really you kind of hear it everywhere outside of the u.s like the u.s has the problem with guns and everywhere else and that's why we should get rid of them all is what you hear so either way that's a whole nother rabbit hole to go down. That, <laughs> but, is, that is but um, there are a
1: lot here people have that's a myth that is a myth there is a ton yeah okay yeah
0: um and it's interesting too what you said there how you kind of just like your intuition was kind of kicking in it's interesting how just that um you can you can just you know things without like knowing them in your mind but your body like sends signals So just being more aware now, I'm sure you're very aware, obviously. Oh, now
1: that's how I do what I do today. (laughs) Yeah, I realized I wasn't crazy, but that opened a whole other door for me. Like, I have to tell you, like, after that, people say PTSD, trauma, like, there were so many of my actual gifts that started to open. Unfortunately, they weren't on them like the positive side. But then you can imagine I lived a life of complete fear, looking over your shoulders, as a little kid, didn't want to go places, didn't want to be free, always thinking somebody's gonna be bad. Like imagine from five, and we didn't have anything back then that would, you know, that you could go to. There wasn't like therapy or whatever, like it is now. It was like okay, you're home. Let's put you in your room. Let's stuff you in there. It's over. Like the incidence is over. We don't talk about it. We don't deal with it. So it led to a lot of trauma afterwards, like a lot that didn't mm-hmm. fully complete until many, many, many years later.
0: So let's, I want to talk about that. Um, just to close the loop though, tell us about the, Cause I'm assuming that's one of the near death experiences as well. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I want to hear the other <laughs> two or three. And, <laughs> Oh, okay. So there's four, I guess, if you count that one. If you want to put Um, that as a new you
1: could, but yeah, I never classified it. I was like, that's just what happened. I I literally thought trauma and fear. I thought that was life. Like, I thought everybody had that. I thought it was normal.
0: Yeah. Not (laughs) at that level, I don't think. (laughs) But everybody has it, but that's a different thing. So let's hear about those. And then I want to transition into how you kind of worked it out obviously it took a long time and i guess if there was those solutions like therapy maybe it would have sped it up a little bit but i'm curious it seems you kind of figured it out yourself in a, in a sense maybe i had so, to.
1: i had to yeah i didn't have because i started my journey of waking up well 18 years ago now right so i like to pretend i'm 29 but that's not the case <laughs> you know but nice um, i'm
0: 29 yeah <Woo-hoo>.
1: But I, uh, yeah, you know, my, one of the, the, I guess, and it kind of triggers what's going on right now in the world, I'll just say it is, I had severe allergies growing up. So I lived, I also lived on a mass breathe for asthma, and to the point where I was allergic, you know, back then, I don't know if they still do it, they would do these 100 tests on your back to see what you were allergic to and they prick you and prick you. And I was basically allergic to everything. The grass, the sun, the moon, you name it, everything came up. (laughs) The moon. The moon, everything. Like I should have lived in a bubble. I should have been those bubble kids, right? So they sent me into the hospital to do um, allergy, like testing in the sense of doses. Could they give me medicine? Now my body's been very sensitive to medicine my whole life. And could they give me the smallest dose of medicine to help my allergies so I could go outside because it was it was I couldn't even walk by a fresh cut lawn like I just couldn't do it and um, they gave me the smallest dose and I remember it as clear as that day all of a sudden my my body got really weak and my eyes rolled back and I remember there was vials beside me and I was gone the next thing I remember was very very black and but I had an awareness of this piece. And the next thing I woke up and I was on a, now on a bed and I had no clothes on. And what had happened was they flatlined me. The medicine actually flatlined me. So they had to crash cart me. So they threw my mom out of the room. Like, what was I like seven? So they crashed it. They had to get, to get me back. My heart totally gone. But I remember so clearly I woke up and I went, why? I don't want to be here. As a little kid, I was like, I want to go back there. And people say, and I've, and every, so that, and even the next one I had, the next one was when I had my second daughter, same thing. And then the third one was I was probably about three weeks in and similar, similar things. Me and medicine are not friends. So you can see why it's very dear to my heart with what they're doing right now in the world, because I'm not. I don't take it for that reason. And even my medical professionals down the road had said, yeah, you you can't take anything. And even the third one, I've never seen colors. I was begging to leave, begging to get off this earth. Music, I cannot replicate. And I heard this, you got to go back for your kids. You got to go back. And I was like, no, like I was done. Like I am out of here. And people said, why did it take three near deaths for you to wake up? I said, because I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to pain, suffering, drama, trauma, which I thought was normal. I'm like, I'm out. I'm totally out. And I can tell you every time on the other side, I have no fear of dying now because it was peaceful. It was like something you can't describe here on earth. It was out of my body and there was zero pain. Like my body ate 24-7. 24-7, I had so much pain in my body. And I was like, I was free. And then I came back in and I kind of say, on the last one, it was like with my daughter, my second daughter, it was literally like a bad episode of MASH. Like if you saw the amount of blood, the, the issues I developed with her, and I was just leaving. And that anesthesiologist kept saying, I wrote it in my book, he kept saying, just stay with me. And I'm like, no. I just gonna go he's like you gotta stay with me and he was like if it wasn't again i had these angels or whatever you want to call them on the side saying you can't leave and i'm like i'm done i'm out and i kept trying to close my eyes and just go and i would leave and then he would like jolt me and bring me back and i was like let me go like let me leave because it's peaceful over there i don't want to be in this earth school anymore i don't want to do it i would beg these people like don't want to come back that's how much i hated life
0: Mm -hmm. I like earth school. I like that. Um, so let's, uh, uh, there's two things there. So one is you're, you're saying, so you're not afraid of death now. Cause you've, in a sense, you've experienced it. Um, and it was just like very, if you were to describe it, just peaceful.
1: It was, I can't, I still, to this day, I cannot hear the music or see the colors, which I saw, especially on the third one. I can't tell you, but that level of peace, I have peace now in my life that is like amazing, but that level of peace, I don't know. I don't think you can achieve an honor. Maybe you can, but not that. That was like freedom, like completely free on every aspect of who you are. Mm, yeah. All right. When yeah, I need that, peace, uh, I anchor that, that in good. some more. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, what's interesting is like you would never obviously you would never like wish these experiences on anyone. But what's interesting is like now that you've gone through them, that's actually kind of what I expected you to say in a sense of that. You now like not that life's easy for you now, but because you've gone through all of these unbelievably difficult things it's almost like life's a reflector so it's like now that you've gone through all that like you know doing an interview on a podcast like nothing to get worked up about you know (laughs) like like why would you like I've already died three times like (laughs) you know like this will be okay um so it's kind of just interesting that there there is a pro to it not maybe worth going through all that, but like there's a pro on the other side in a, in a sense.
1: Well, your level of gratitude too, like literally I get out of bed every day now and I'm so great, like I'm still grateful today, all these years later that I don't have that pain in my body, I don't have, like I am so grateful, which a, pe- a lot of people talk about gratitude, but they don't really live it. Like I get out, cause I know what that other space is. I know what that struggle and that lack is in every area of life. And so to come out of that, you have another level of gratitude and understanding for what's going on. And yeah, I wouldn't wish Mm -hmm. that on anyone, but unfortunately humans, I think we kind of hit a breaking point before we make a change.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. So tell us what you mean by earth school. Like, what do you think that, that, um, says to me that, you know, you definitely believe in an afterlife and, you know, by the title of your book, I would have assumed that regardless, but, um, yeah, I guess, what do you think? kind of comes next
1: yeah i call it earth school because i always say we're all crazy beings to come here i, I swear there's got to be other planets and galaxies <laughs> that are a lot easier than here but it's such a learning. Like if you look at earth and you look at why we're here and you look at as humans, how we learn and how we grow. And like right now, look at the world is more divided than ever before when humans are meant to love and humans are meant to help each other. And so look at that, a level of learning. Like I swear that planet has to go through an, its own near-death experience of humanity to get back to who are we as people and so it's always another level of learning and if you look at earth that way when you're here because also look at mother nature it has a natural cycle it's flowing it's beautiful it's great but humans man there's a lot of learning there so a lot of understanding that seems to have been forgotten about and so that's why i call it Earth school because man you learn Mm. a lot and it's, you're constantly graduating yeah. to new levels. I call it ladder of life. Like you're going up this ladder of life and we're constantly moving up to a new level, a new level, depending on how much you do want to learn. You can stop and watch Netflix all day long. Go for it.
0: For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess if it's the right Netflix, it could still be learning <laughs> in a sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Depending on what it is. <laughs> um, but, um, so I'm curious, uh, there, your thoughts on this. Have you ever heard of a guy named Alan Watts? you ever heard of him no he's he, he's passed away now but he's kind of like um i guess you, he's a pretty spiritual guy i guess yeah. is the best way to word it but um what he kind of says is he's like the way the waves um the ocean waves the universe peoples mm-hmm. and he and then you know um he was asked the question in a at an event that he was speaking at and they said like what happens after you die and he's like well what was it like before you were born and and he's like that's what he believes it's it's like so it's yeah. it seems to me that there is a natural like cycle you know f- for instance like a um I, like a coconut tree or something I, I'm down in Miami so I see those every day <laughs> so it's like <laughs> like a coconut drops and then you know people will eat it or, or something but still the the shell around it I guess um, just goes back into the ground eventually and then I you know that would then it doesn't plant a coconut tree, but it just kind of cycles, right? So it's like grows, drops back into the earth. So I feel like people, in a sense, it's hard for us to see it that way because we're slightly detached, even though you can only jump so high before you come back down and connect. Um, there is that cycle. So that's how I've kind of let go of the fear of death as well. Because I'm like, you wouldn't even know life if there was no death. So it seems like it's, it's impossible to have one without the other. So- I don't know. I don't think it's over, right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
1: cycle of life. And, and then when people, I know that's a big debate, whether, you know, you believe in near death, like in terms of death and rebirth and past lives, but why do you meet the people you meet? Why do you have, you have your, it's already been proven that, and I know I went the science route for what I do now first, and now I've sort of like, I don't need it anymore because I've seen so many amazing things, but you know, you're, why do you have a memory that wakes up in your body all of a sudden like that? Or why do you meet someone? And you're like, I know
0: you, like, I've just met you, but I've known you, you know? So
1: there's a, it's yeah. a big
0: world of learning. And having those like feelings of like, I've done this before yeah. or yeah. And this like These knowing of, this. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. um, And here's the thing too, with that to dive a little deeper, because I just, I'm, I think it's interesting is like, nothing to me is that strange. Cause when you think about the, the thing as a whole, I mean, it's pretty much the strangest thing ever, just the whole thing. So the fact that you could have lived a past life or literally already done this in a different universe, not to get so wild, but it's like, that's not weird to me. Like no. We're on a spinning ball in the universe. That's already weird enough. So. Well,
1: no, it is. Exactly. We're on that spinning ball. And, to, you know, it's there's so much stuff in the world and in the galaxies we haven't even touched on. So mm-hmm. that's why I was the biggest fan as a little kid of Star Trek. And now as I got older, I understood why you know they just explored those possible well we see a lot of it now in our world but exploring the possibilities of what's out there and you know pushing the envelope of humanity doesn't need they in there they don't work for money they work because they love it they love what they do you know things like that concepts like that of coming together and and so you know it's a, maybe a little bit of dreaming but hey we're not the only things
0: in the universe in the galaxy no definitely oh, no. not and <laughs> elon Elon will find that out for us so he will yeah we'll leave that
1: to him i, I, yeah. I said i'm open like you know <laughs> ET wants to show up at my door i'm fine with it but you know we'll leave it up to him for sure
0: <laughs> and i wonder like what what would be the difference right because my next question to you is going to be like how you would define what you are as a high performance energy coach so kind of a funny but like energy is different in different places so here and then once Elon elon gets to mars Maybe that's a different, uh, different type of work you would do up there. <laughs> um, well, you
1: might. It might not, right? Because energy is energy. You know, yeah. bodies read things differently. I, I see feeling here, so I go in and out of it when I'm working with people. And so, you know, if they're struggling with any area of life, it's interesting. People say I just focus on my, my, you know, my relationship, or I just focus on my, my career, or my finances, and I'm like, but it's a whole circle. And usually, when we have issues going on in our lives there are blocks there's resistances so I'm able to go through the system and say well where is that why is that is that a pattern you picked up is that a fear you have is it a subconscious belief and then as soon as I pull that through they get the awareness we move it out of the body the body becomes lighter and then all of a sudden they're like oh my gosh that that contract just showed up or I met the person that I was looking for but what I also say and I I wrote about this is you have to have a lot of when you're dealing every we're all connected everything we know is Mm -hmm. energy people don't question how their cell phone works they don't question how you and i can be on zoom they're just like well it works right it just works well we have that power there's been so much science that has shown you know the power of the belief but the trust the know the belief and why do people love the matrix as soon as neo knows as soon as he knows who he is as soon as he taps in that's that famous scene where he's like dodging all the bullets. Right. And he's like, here I am because we all have that. That's why so many scientists in the side say the matrix is real. And I agree with it. It's what are we tapping into and how? So I teach people that, but you really, what I learned because I was pretty much an atheist when I started my, like, if you want to D me something, I just didn't believe in anything. I'm like, don't tell me there's anything out there because you're all full of junk because I wouldn't be this sick. Like it just, that was my, I was a little bit. Yeah, it makes sense.
0: (laughs) sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. uh, I would have (laughs) been Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I was really most hard on myself. I was kind to other people, but that that was just a a journey of my own. And um, yeah, it was when you start to realize you got to have a belief in something that's so strong that you anchor in. And the reason I always say my definition of faith is trust, no believe because it's hard sometimes to break out of the concepts and to realize how strong and how powerful you are when we've been so programmed to do everything a certain way. And when you start to uncouple that you're deemed as crazy, you're deemed as a weirdo, you're deemed as out of the box. But I say I'll be crazy all day long because when I actually learned the science behind what my body was doing, and then I took it one step further into really understanding the matrix and the energy, My doctors, which were amazing, I will say, I actually had good doctors. They were like, "I don't know what you're doing, Tracy. I have no clue what you're doing, but I've never seen this. Keep doing this. Like, how is your body repairing? How is it restoring?" And I had to uncouple. And I will also say, doing this work, people think, "Oh, it's is it hooey, wooey? It's the hardest work you'll ever do because you got to keep looking inside." and you will cry, you will scream. And when people say, oh, it's all unicorns and namaste, I'm like, that is not what it's about. It's about looking, it's about having to end relationships, change jobs, have the courage, step into your power. And that's where that big transformation happens. And unfortunately people Mm -hmm. think it's just a hooey woo, it's not, it's like, what are you actually empowering yourself to actually do and go against the grain because you're gonna lose a lot of friends, you're gonna lose a lot of family. Because they're the ones that screwed you up. They're the ones that got you here. Like it was my family. It's our families that their patterns and their imprints that make us screwed up. It really is. Because they don't know any different. They don't mean it. They just don't know any different.
0: Yeah, no, I think the, the way it seems to me, because um, I can relate to this too, is like, because I dropped out of college and started a, a company. And it's, I think anybody who goes off the beaten path You know, you're looked at as kind of like weird at first, and then your friends start reaching out asking for advice, (laughs) and then it's it's different, right? I was Um, like you. I dropped out of
1: college. My I I had a psychology prof said, Tracy, you think so out of the box, your answers are right, but this is not the place for you. Like. Imagine that, like what was that, 91? And he's like, but I sold my first company in 96 to a publicly traded company and I went into business. Awesome. One of the biggest publicly traded companies in Canada. And so it was like, you know, people, that's where people were like, oh, okay. And they stopped asking where your degree was. But you imagine back then the shame and the, oh my God, you don't have a degree. And oh my gosh. And, you know, it's, it's again, it's mental, it's mind programming, it's programming. To have a certain institution want you to be in their way, it's not about your freedom. It's not about people. It's about follow the slavery institution. That's what it's about. Yes. We both. Hundred
0: percent. Yeah. Yeah, and I can only imagine it was even harder then because now I think it is becoming more norm to not go the school route. Sure. Um, and for me, the logic behind it when I dropped out was just kind of like I'm comfortable enough with myself in like a conversation that yeah. even though I don't have the degree, I feel like if I can get the interview, and this was before if I knew my business would work or not, right? So I was thinking of, of all options. I was like, I, I'm comfortable enough with myself to have that interview and feel like I'll still stand out from the people that do have degrees. Yeah. Um, and I think the, so I wanna actually, cause I, I skipped that, how did you get through all this? Cause I think you touched on that and that probably is yeah. a direct correlation of what you teach others now. Um, so can you walk us th- through that? Because obviously Absolutely. there was, yeah. yeah,
1: it was actually, it was, I call it, I just joke. So I'm not a religious person at all, but I call it my come to Jesus moment that, the you know, there is an energy there. it's a whole other conversation, but I literally came home from a medical visit. Um, and they said, there's nothing more we can do to you. We can't, we don't know what else to do. The neurologists are like, you know, live with this. Your body's failing. I couldn't eat anything. Like I was pretty much emaciated at that time, right? So here I am, and I'm looking at two little kids. I've left my very toxic marriage, and I'm like, I'm the main provider. I'm the breadwinner. I am, you know, here I am. And I had, I was on my knees, like just begging for some. I was like, if there's anything out there, if there's anyone out there, like anything. I need, I need a sign, I need, like you get desperate when you're then realize, and it my kids saved my life. Like literally, if I didn't have my kids, I I would have left. I would have been like, I'm out of here, like gone. But I, I wasn't gonna leave them with what they were looking at on the other side there to raise them. So I was like, okay. And it was interesting because somebody said to me, why don't you try this meditation? And it was actually my sister who doesn't even like this work. <laughs> She's not for me, might for you, maybe try it. And I was led, I went and I'm like, I don't like this. I'm not, a, I can't meditate like most people do. I have too much information going through. But I was led to this woman that um, she, she had just come back to work and she became my first mentor. And she looked at me and she's like, wow, you have a lot of power in you, but there's a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. And she, she has an had an incredible story. She's no longer with us today. And we spent about three hours together. In three sessions with her, I found myself. So when I would eat, as soon as I would eat, I would end up in the bathroom for an hour. When I was married, my husband gets so mad. He's like, we can't go for dinner. And I'm, I don't know if I'm going to go in the toilet and throw up all at the same time. Like it was bad, right? And three sessions with her, I went to eat and I realized I never went to the washroom. I had no stomach pain. I'm like, what's going on here? So I started to so she worked with me because she's like, I said, I will do the work. I don't care. I'm diving in. I started I ended up on a film with uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Bruce Lipton shortly after this, Dr. Greg Braden, all these people. And I was helping the producer out because back then I would spend some time in film industry. And uh, I was fascinated. You know, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? The science? And I'm like, I, I need the science. Because I was really like, show me the science. And I said, I don't need it. But I started to study and look at what was the body telling me. Then, as i started to unfold the work i'm like so all those visions i see i'm not crazy all those things i'm feeling so i was born an extreme empath but i didn't know what that meant nobody knew what that meant i was seeing visions i just thought i was crazy so i stopped telling people things like you know i'm like no these are real i'm not nuts and it had this natural progression and the thing that got me was my body kept repairing and my doctors kept saying i don't know what you're doing like this is not heard of and so I kept going and what I realized was all the trauma, all the emotional beliefs, all the systems I had, all the growing up, the lack of understanding for who I was, how I was. I was the good girl, like in terms of trying to please everybody and didn't even know who I was. But every day I spoke so poorly about myself, like you're this, you're that. I probably cursed myself a thousand times a day. And even though in the outside world, a lot of people they never wouldn't see that they'd say especially when I sold my business right oh look at you you got all this money blah 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 and you know I found a way to lose a lot of that and have to make it back again too right because it's a shame and <laughs> you make all this money and then people are like oh must be nice to be 26 and have all this money must be not nice. like they would literally walk around my house saying that and I've had so much guilt and shame and as I started to learn to release that out of the body and things repaired but it didn't some of it went right away and some of it on my head didn't my head did not stop shaking for 10 years. And the key behind that was I knew there was something that needed to be mechanically fixed in my body, but I couldn't do it and a doctor couldn't do it. So I kept asking and asking. I kept, you know, going on my journey, looking at things to move. And I actually ended up at an osteopath and I said to him, You can fix my head shake. This is mechanical. It needs an adjustment. And he's like, you have a hole in your chest? I said, Yep. Yeah. says you have a you had a damaged nerve system yeah he's just looking at me he's like yeah i can fix it one visit i had seen seven neurologists just in the you know 20 years prior there's it's a tick it's a tremor it's a this it's a that it hurt like crazy and i said i don't care what you need to do just do it i was like ah but never that was 10 years ago and never did i have that shake again. And I realized how the energy was also, if people would come around me and they were ulterior motives, things that weren't as good, uh, whether you want to call them dark people, bad people, my, my nerve system would tense up. So it was also a way my body was talking to me, was sharing things with me. So I had to become in tune what was going on in my environment. What was it telling me? So I just, I got fascinated to what, how are you speaking? because your words are powerful. I'm like, when I speak certain things, they start to happen. Learning how to connect with my body, what were the centers telling? We don't teach kids that in school. We don't teach them to listen to their environments and their surroundings. And as I did it, my entire system repaired, my entire life repaired. And to the point where like no more health issues, they all went away. Work was amazing. You know, relationship, like everything just flowed. And I have to say, I do live now 95%, there's the odd day, I'm a human being, but 95% in peace, joy, and freedom. When I used to live 100% in chaos, trauma, dysfunction, but I had to do it. I had to do it myself. And I don't teach what I don't walk through. I do not, I, I will not work with people unless I'm like, yeah, but now I've kind of walked through it all. So there's more to learn, but I can give them a foundation
0: got it okay so that's there's a lot of things there um uh just a side note because i think you'd really i'm sure have you heard of jordan peterson before yeah yeah yeah. okay cool so i'm a big fan if you haven't yet because you might like it um the biblical series on youtube um i it's very very good that's just a side thing i didn't want to forget to mention that um i interviewed this other woman named amanda amanda holmes and um if you're familiar with the ultimate sales machine shet holmes it's it's his daughter and um, she had celiac, and mm-hmm. she healed it. She went to India, met this woman. They did like energy work, and mm-hmm. literally healed the celiac disease with energy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and again, to some that sounds crazy. To me, it sounds like very normal. And it's like, I guess, if anybody gets anything out of this segment of the podcast, is like, you know, step outside of your normal doctor in a sense sometimes because the solution, although it might seem weird. Um, could be just right outside one session away, right? Um,
1: You're an energetic being, right? Like every organ is talking. Every organ has a reason or you wouldn't have been born with it. And that's what I say to people. You are this beautiful miracle and everyone's like, oh, miracle. And then a week later, like, oh yeah, you're not a miracle. You're just a human again. Think about how the body is like, the heart is like, I always call it your heart drive, just like your computer has a hard drive. You can't touch that heart. Like you can't take a sliver of the heart and still, Live That heart has to be intact, but it carries every bit of information that's going on in your body. It's It's talking. But the fact we discount how brilliant, oh, you don't need that organ. Oh, you don't need, no, every organ. Like when I work with people who have organs that have taken out, the other organs are grieving. Like they don't even get that. And then they can't function properly because they're like, wait a minute, that filter goes here. But now that filter's taken out, there's a way to move it energetically. So the body can, you know, talk, but that seems people are like, that's weird. And I'm like, yeah. but you're born with all of this. So there's a reason you're born the way you're yeah. born. <laughs> you don't need no, You're born with it. <laughs>
0: um. So I uh, we should obviously talk about the book a little bit. We I think we've touched on it a little bit, but if I guess what's if somebody were to read your book, what are they going to um, you know get get out of it? Or or who should read your book is is another question too.
1: You know what we have people from all over the world of all cross backgrounds that have read the book. People that have been on their path for a long time, and I energetically align my book. So people tell me they use it as a reference. They just open to a page and they're like, oh my gosh, like. Example, I put testimonials through my book and um, this woman who had lost her brother and she sent me you know, and she said, Tracy, I was sitting in my car, your book just came in the mail and I was talking to my brother and I was crying. And I'm like, you need to give me a sign that you are here. And she goes, I pick up your book and I open to my testimonial in the book. I didn't even know you put it in the book. And she just said, I I cried. But it's for people that need another um, path, direction, inspiration, like somebody that you need tools, maybe you need some little tools. What can I do right now? Um, I have people that have been in cancer treatments that have told me they've read it two, three times and they're feeling their body shift and it's just it's a it's a good starting point for people that maybe not have woken up or they need to know can i get through something if you're struggling and you want to get through something it'll inspire you it will motivate you it'll give you things that you can do to actually so i give you practical things that you can do with my story woven through it so it's a it's a little bit of bull so they can go wow and it i've had people i've had women who said when you talked about leaving your marriage and you talked about what happened when you went to Vegas and all this stuff, you know, Vegas is a dark place, but it was, it was my landing point to get me out of my marriage. And it was, they said, I cried. Like I weeped because I wanted to leave my relationship and I didn't know what to do. And I've, I've gone inside. And now they're like, I actually have the power. I have the strength. And I hold on to that story that if you can do that, I don't have half that stuff. I can make the choices and do it loving and do it kind and do it without judgment. So it's literally when people need that, hey, I can do this too, or you need a boost, or maybe you're just saying, what is this energy stuff? Or how can I incorporate it? It goes to that person as well. And that's why I called it God, where are you? Because I was that person. It's like, there's nothing out there. So don't tell me, to me, God is a big presence of love in us and everybody else. It's not a man in the sky. But I had no... I was like, if, if there's anything out there really, like, don't tell me there's anything out there. So that's why I titled it that because it was literally like feeling like I was walking this earth all alone.
0: Hmm. So I had, you know, you probably know my next question. I'm not sure, but uh, what happened in Vegas is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants um, to
1: know what happened in Vegas, yeah.
0: <laughs> don't, don't they? That's like the way it goes. <laughs> um, so if you're willing, I want to hear that yeah. and then, yeah yeah go ahead
1: yeah you know what it was interesting so i was at this point we had had i'd had a very destructive relationship very mentally uh, it was crazy and we had uh separated two years prior it went even worse 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 my kids were really small and um a lot of mental Anguish in there, and uh, best teacher ever. My mom and my grandma I used to go to Vegas, and they're like to my sister and I, "Let's go to Vegas." And I'm like, "No, no, I literally couldn't even function. I was a toothpick at this point. Like, if you stood me a hundred feet away from you, you could see every bone in my body. That's how emaciated I was, and it was gross." And um, I said to my mom, "Okay." And two weeks prior, there had been a horrible incident with my husband at that time, and I said, "Well, we'll just go." I did have an attitude that once we Get somewhere you give it the best you can. And I was on the plane, and I was with my sister and I was like, I just, I don't even know if I can stay in this marriage because it was a breaking point. And I'm like, you got to show me and I'm having this conversation not realize what I'm doing, but you got to show me, there's got to be some good men out there like somewhere right or joy or laughter. And we get to Vegas and it's Halloween night. So imagine never being to Vegas and you land on Halloween night. Like oh, we wow. walk into the Bellagio, there's all these girls, they have only underwear on. And my grandma's like, <gasps> and I'm like, okay, this is this is like coming from Canada. We don't see stuff like that, right? So I'm like, what is happening here? So we go, and then the the second night we're there and we're walking around. I'm tired. I'm like, you know what, mom? I don't know. I'm so tired. I can't function. And like let's just go have a good time so my mom had tickets to rick springfield and i don't know if anybody knows that but i'm dating myself you know jesse's girl and we all knew rick springfield obviously growing up (laughs) that was like the heartthrob in high school and so uh, we go to see him and we're leaving The we're leaving and my mom says why don't you and your sister go to studio 54 and i'm like no mom like we're just tired just you know in that old pattern and so we go and while we're there, there was a we, had a, we weren't really having fun, but it was really interesting watching all the dancers and the snake people and all that good stuff. My sister disappeared. And then um, I was like, where is she? And I went downstairs and she was with these really a lot of good looking guys. And I'm like, and I never really paid attention to other people. I just wasn't like that, that kind of space. And this guy came over to me and he says, you're probably one of the most oblivious women I've ever met. I'm like, what? He goes, I've been trying to get your attention since you were in line. And I'm like, no, no. Well, anyways, we ended up spending a lot of time with them over the weekend. We, we were like having fun. We were in the after hours club coming home, you know, with my, my mom thinking, oh God, she's, you know, you're in your thirties thinking you're going to get scolded as a teenager. And they were up all night. They were worried it was Vegas. And my mom said to me, who did you guys meet last night? Like, I've never, I haven't seen you smile. I haven't seen you smile in like 10 years. I haven't seen this spark in you. My grandmother came over to me and we had we stopped to have a drink and she looked at me and she said, you need to leave the marriage. Don't do what I did. She goes, I've never seen you smile like this in 10 years. Don't let him kill you. My grandma had never done it. I was not close to my grandmother at all. So anyway, so this one gentleman, we ended up like, crazy things i never thought i'd do like just running through the Bellagio. yeah we had too much to drink yes we were having fun but you know like out of the movie you know like they're swooping you around at the at the you know where the waterfall is and having a great time and we just had it was so fun i didn't even know what fun and play was i had no idea and he said, when am I gonna see you again? It was like out of this movie. And I, I was at the other, I said, I know I met you. I'm not gonna see you again. And he's like, what do you mean? Like he was in New York. I was here, I said, like, am I not gonna see you again? And it was like that elevator, like, you know that your hands are like parting, And he's like, when am I gonna see you again? And I'm like, I know I met you. I'm not gonna see you again. And my mom looked at me and she said, but i asked i asked on the plane i said i want to see if there's any good men out there like this was fun this was play and i'm not saying that you know who knows whatever i knew i knew at that point and it was this whole weekend and i walked in the in my house and it was two in the morning and the next morning my husband time woke up and and it was i just said you got to go it's done he's like what do you mean i said it's done this is completely done like there was such a solidification and then, of course, you know, it's, why well, I should have gone to Vegas. I should have done this. But I was like, I found play. I, I had an experience with a gentleman that was like kind and laughter and gentle and fun and things I didn't even know, didn't know that existed. And I said, it's over. And it gave me the push. And I just didn't at all. I was not going back. I was not turning the corner. And so this soul, again, showed me what I was looking for in this incredible time, in this place that even I was like this place is like a shit show. I don't know if I say that, but it's crazy. It was no, like, you can yeah, yeah. It was I crazy. <laughs> I was like, Halloween in Vegas was probably the most bizarre thing. I, it was the most bizarre thing I'd ever seen. You know, it was, it was, but it was, it was a catalyst to get me to the next level and to leave with mm-hmm. conviction, with conviction. And so, of course, he's, oh, you met someone. I said, it wasn't about that. It was about showing me what I needed to see. And it was showing me that I could make new choices. And I, I did get what I asked for. And I didn't even really tune into the fact I got what I asked for until much later when I'm like, that's why you showed." I did ask for that on the plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a start. Of that is life. incredible. Yeah. Wow.
0: Um, it was fun. So <laughs> I want to, I want to leave it to you. No, it sounds fun. <laughs> I'm sure there's some stuff a little bit, maybe that was left out, <laughs> but that's hey, it's okay.
1: Vegas. You can let uh, your mind go. <laughs> actually.
0: You got to read the book. That's got the only way. The book, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to leave it to you. Incredible, incredible stories throughout this um, episode. But if there's anything else you want to share, the floor is yours. And then um, please just let people know like where they can get the book, where they can stay in touch with you, social website, whatever you yeah. want to share.
1: Yeah. You know, what? I just, what I really like to leave people with is to during this time of great transition, the world is shifting. It's not as dark and bleak as everybody thinks, but if you turn off your mainstream media and go within, it's really time to go within. It's time to take back your inner power. I don't mean that to be, it's not time to get violent and angry and all that, but you you can take back your inner power. You can use your voice. And this is what's coming back to humanity right now is to get connected. You're not crazy to realize there's a much, bigger picture unfolding and you have a role to play in it and you're meant to be happy you are meant to be at peace you're not meant to live in fear and I always say you always know I call it the god of your understanding and it's whatever it is for you for me it's love and for you it might be poker I don't know it's whatever is for you but the god of your understanding and understand that if it's creating fear it's not that high vibration of god and love which will create illness sickness and disease in the body And a lot of that will come up later in life because you haven't dealt with it throughout life. So for people to really understand that they're super powerful, their voice matters, and that we are here to create a change to go from institutional way of thinking right now to people, freedom of the people, where the people can start running their life. And together, because we're meant to work together, play together, love together and that might sound utopia, but we've got to go through this near death on the planet, which we're doing right now for that to unfold over the next three to five years and to really start so I always say don't give up you're on a brink of a miracle but you have to trust no belief for sure. And they can get the book on Amazon, tracylclark.com. That's where our sites, we're doing some more overhauls on the site and stuff. So it's been a a birth, me and technology, my four web guys, um, but it's on Amazon and, uh, yeah, tracylclark.com. And then my Instagram's there, my Facebook's there. We have, um, there's a free membership there but there's also you know a facebook group where i go to so if people need energy shifted or or they want you know maybe a prayer blessing or something we have a lot of miracles and testimonials around people that have uh you know they've stopped a lot of bad things going on in their world and that's that's what we're doing i'm also creating a non-denominational ministry um, which is where we're going to be granting wishes. And your wish doesn't have to be that someone's dying. Your wish could be maybe it's a business or something, but we're always granting wishes in our community. And so we're now going to make it a reality with people around the world to um, make it very different. Yeah. Very different.
0: That is so that's That's awesome. coming.
1: Yeah. That's coming. Yeah. Place where you can just be you and not, not feel weird and judged. You can just be free to be he, who you are and be loved and cared for and accepted. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: The Authors Unite show is sponsored by AuthorsUnite.com. Your one-stop shop for becoming a profitable author and maximizing your impact.